This is Gunnar Assize, and then you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Assize Foundation and GunnarAssize.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, DCU, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Assize and Leah Farone, Kiffy Rich, and guests, and are not necessarily those of the Boomer Assize Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar and Leah Farone, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. All right, it's Gunnar Esiason, and we are back for our third that is right, our third live podcast of the week. NACFC is now finally coming to a close. Uh, it has been a long week, especially for us podcasters watching the live stream. It's also been a long week for Darcy. Darcy is at NACFC. Uh, I'm joined today by Tiffany, Amy, and Darcy. Leah is not with us. She's at a baby shower, so she got the day off. She did. Yes, she yeah, did. We miss her. We do miss yeah so I thought today was a great day we'll jump right we'll go right through it um, some of our yeah. topics today will be um, the co-production plenary uh, the partnering plenary that was uh, this morning and then we all watched the adulting session on the live stream I know Tiffany watched a little bit about the uh, pain management live stream and then Darcy's at NACFC so she had unfettered access to all that NACFC had to offer. Um, so let's start with the, the partnering plenary that was this morning. Um, let's go around the, uh, you know, the, the, the round table here, I suppose, and get all of our opinions on it. You know, Tiffany, we'll start with you and then uh, work our way to Amy and then Darcy, and then I'll give some thoughts. Well, I really enjoyed it um, for what they were talking about when they talked about going into um, – your clinic and when they were kind of talking about transitioning yeah, uh-huh. from, um, from your pediatric to your adult, I had a really good transition. Um, my clinic had the doctors and the adult clinic people come over and talk to me with them so that they kind of were there and to support me and kind of make it more, more better to get um, adjusted to. More a seamless transition. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So um, that I liked that and how they kind of talked about it. And I think that would be a really good thing for them to implement is having the care teams together in yeah, one space with you so that you can get to know each other and not just be like, oh, okay, bye. We're going to send you over here. You know, I like that. Yeah, that that, you're definitely right. I mean, yeah, there's definitely something to be said about, uh, you know, a, a transition to power, so to speak, you know, because, yeah. you know, I think uh, in, in, you know, the pediatric world, you know, you're, you're sort of looked, looked upon as not necessarily as your own advocate. Um, and then all of a sudden you're, you're thrust upon the adult cystic fibrosis clinic and you yeah. know, you, you're in the driver's seat, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think co-production sort of, or partnering really happens in somewhere in that transition. Like that's where the beginning of it starts, yep. at least, exactly. for, at least for the patient. Um, Amy, Amy, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I was really happy that uh, co-production or partnering was discussed. Um, you know, at least the broader topic, I, yeah. I would have liked to get a little bit more out of it um, in terms of really digging deep and having an honest conversation about what uh, care looks like, um, whether it's pediatric or adult. I mean, there are, 
um, there's no question that there is a power differential between patients or the families and providers. Um, and, you know, there are some little support systems here and there, but um, there still is a big gap um, that needs to be bridged um, between what patients' goals are, what providers' goals are, and there's still kind of a hierarchy where things, you know, kind of need to be flattened. I think I spoke about this day one, but ePatient Dave discussed about the Internet really flattening everything. Patients have access to information um, and have a lot to contribute. So, like I've said, it's a start. Maybe we can yeah. go a little bit further next time. Yeah, <laughs> like you, I was definitely wanting more from uh, the planner this morning. I... Um, I won't go as far as to say that I was disappointed with it um, because it definitely is a right step, a step in the right direction. And they were, mm-hmm. the, you know, the 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 care provider side of it, they were saying all the right things. You know, they were saying how yes. they want patients to be involved in their care, um, and they want patients to you know take an active role in saying what they want. Right? Mm-hmm. There really wasn't a discussion of the reason why. Right, mm-hmm. and and it, it sort of seemed like, unfortunately, you know, they brought you know the token CF patient up on stage, and you know, unfortunately, they, they kind of put her in a bad situation. They put Melanie in a bad situation. You know, they gave her forty five seconds to say her piece. You know, and you can't really, you know, I guess articulate co production no. from the patient perspective in forty five seconds. And um, it, it it sort of felt a little forced, and it was like kind of looking at as if you're going to the zoo and you're seeing like a you know an, an animal behind an enclosure. Like here's mm-hmm. our here's our token CF person. Let's all like marvel at this person, and Mm -hmm. and that's definitely not what Melanie signed up for, and it's definitely not what I signed up for in looking at the co-production, you know, you know, know, the co-production plenary here. I I I wanted a lot more from it because I know Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is trying so hard to make this a a, a real standard across the community, and you know, I've we Darcy has been with me at a number of Cystic Fibrosis Town Days, and we've seen co-production work before us. You know, we've seen it work. We've seen. We've seen it work at Stony Brook University at their Cystic Fibrosis Family Day, um, and the, the 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 clinic got a lot out of it. The families got a lot out of it, and then the, the patients at home they also got a lot out of it. So you know, I think that it, it was a start, um, but I was definitely a little disappointed um, in the in the outcome of, of the session as a whole. Darcy, what did you think? I agree with everything you said. It felt a little bit like co-production 101, which it's unfortunate that's where we're at, but that's kind of where we're at to be on that kind of basic level. But again, I'm so, so happy that it was talked about. Um, I had some interesting conversations after some of those water cooler conversations, mm-hmm. and um, I kind of feel if we're talking about how do we get the patient to, to use their voice to express that agency, and um, it's kind of a chicken or an egg thing because, you know, we have some patients that are afraid to do that, but are they afraid to do that? Is that about the patient or is that about the, the environment and the, the providers that they're with making that the environment where they can't quite express themselves and I I talked to a great doctor after he's an adult pulmonologist and um, he was saying that he has himself you know really put forth the effort to do this co-production but the issue that he runs into is that some of his colleagues don't and it's a weird place for him to say like hey you should be doing a b and c that's not his role that's not what he wants to do Um, so he said you know Co-production feels like we have a camera looking at the the patients and what they can do, but it should be a mirror looking at the providers and what can they do. Yeah. Wow. Nice analogy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, another thing, if I can just add, um, there's kind of a level of accountability that's missing. And I know that there's a big gap between what the CF Foundation can enforce, you know, with their accreditation or things like that. But there are, you know, like the patient feedback surveys, but... You know, where's the follow through? You know, um, some clinics maybe offer the surveys for feedback, but maybe they don't even look at the answers. Maybe they're just kind of checking the box. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think 
you know, not a carrot or a stick type of situation, but I think there really does need to be kind of a closing the loop in terms of patient feedback and maybe holding some centers accountable perhaps in some way. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think like the, it was, it was an opportunity for Cystic Fibrosis Foundation to take accountability on that end, right? Now it's up to the care providers to take accountability on their end. That was missing from today. But what was really missing was I, I wanted, you know, the patient perspective. They had a, a teen in, in a video and then they also yeah. had, had Melanie on the stage. And I, I was really hoping that it would be an opportunity for the patients. And, and, you know, I, it sort of seemed like the time constraint, you know, maybe denied this of Melanie. But, you know, I, I think, you know, it would have been great for someone to really say that about cystic fibrosis or, or cystic fibrosis foundation or two cystic fibrosis foundation right there on the stage right mm-hmm. that was like the opportunity for it all to come full circle and really show what the power co-production and partnership can do for the cystic mm-hmm. fibrosis community right but it was i was just like left feeling like why like what happened here right it, it almost felt like nothing happened as soon as mm-hmm. they brought the patient on stage it was like yeah it, it was kind of like a backwards thing and then the patient goes away and then they tried to make it all happy nice nice in the end and give her the last word you know but yeah. it, it just it, it it felt very unnatural felt very forced and um you know i i saw you know a number of people talking about it online afterwards and you know one of the words that was used was patronizing it was outdated um and it, it just seemed like it's like one of those things that yeah, maybe the benefit in all this, like the, the 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 thing that we can take away from that session, is that okay, we're at square one. Why did we have to start at square one this far into the process, right? Why why haven't patients been included the whole way? Yeah. And you know, I, I Amy, you look like you had something you wanted to say, so just go for it. <laughs> I'm disagreeing with you. I mean, I really think um, we're kind of beyond the check the box. Like, hey, we use the patient. Like, we put the patient up on stage. That's good, right? Like, we we did what we were supposed to do, right? It's like, well, okay, we we have to have a little more substance to it. Um, I think, as you said, I mean, this is no fault of Melanie. She did a great job with what she was supposed to do. So I, I want to make sure that that's clear um, in terms of what, what we're talking about. But it's really uh, – it fell short, but – um, I think institutions like the CF Learning Network are really pushing the boundaries um, to kind of understand and, and figure out ways to, to bridge that gap. Um, and I look forward to, uh, to that being featured more and discussed more in the future. It's essential. It leads to better health outcomes. Yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the co-production, the, co-part, the, the partnership, that's got to start somewhere, right? And we're starting here mm-hmm. today. So that's going right. to move forward. That's going to improve. <laughs> it can't get worse. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, but I think the shame of it is, is that, you know, that, you know, that one little, uh, you know, red X, you know, kind of put a damper on the whole thing. Like the, the rest of the conference was amazing, right? We talked yesterday about the, you know, the uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation's prioritization of infections and now inflammation. That's all amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, so we, we can't overlook that. That's stuff that really needs to be addressed. And, uh, you know, everyone knows that it, it needs to be addressed and it's, and it's going to be. Um, you know, whether, whether it happens now or it happened, you know, 10 years ago, but now is the time it's going to happen. Um, so let's move on from this. Darcy, I know you saw a lot of uh, cool sessions today. You had a good experience out there in Denver. Uh, so why don't you tell us about that? Sure. I'll tell you about the favorite thing that I attended today, which I had um, previewed when, when we were talking about this yesterday. I went to a brown back session about acceptance and commitment therapy, which, like I said last time, is um, there was a, a study where they did a piloted program where several adult patients were enrolled in just six sessions of acceptance and commitment therapy. And um, over those six sessions, not only did they experience it, uh, a lessening of their anxious and depressive symptoms, um, but also lung function went up, which is really, really exciting. So I'm going to teach you guys like one thing that I learned there and how to explain it to people what 
ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, is. All right, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot. So one of you tell me what is um, a big fearful thought that you have about CF, whether it's something about life expectancy, hemoptysis. Mm -hmm. Give me an example. Probably, um, well, for post-transplant would be Mm -hmm. rejection. All right, so let's talk about rejection. Yeah. So if we take that thought, it's a really scary thought, right? So yeah. the natural thing to do is push it away mm-hmm. and to avoid it. So yeah. now let's imagine you have a cup of water and you have a ping pong ball. Okay. Now the ping pong ball is rejection, and it's the thought of rejection. It's those fears, it's those nightmares. So mm-hmm. if you put it in a cup of water and you try to push it away, so you're pushing mm-hmm. down the ping pong ball, you're pushing it underwater, you don't want to think about rejection. It's scary. It makes you feel like crap. What happens to the ping pong ball? It comes back up. It comes back up. So what do you keep having to do? You keep having to push it away, right? Mm-hmm. Push it away, push it away, push it away. And that takes a lot of effort. Yeah. The ping pong ball still keeps coming back. So what else can you do instead of pushing the ball down? Let it come back up. You can just let it float. Yeah. So the idea of acceptance and commitment therapy is not pushing away or changing those scary thoughts, which some mm-hmm. therapy, some treatment modalities do. It's instead it's sitting with those thoughts. It's taking right. them, it's accepting them for what they are and changing mm-hmm. your relationship with them so you can live um, and stride with some of those scary things rather than trying to get rid of them. So it's really, really powerful. Yeah. And um, it's really cool, and I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah, that's it's, really it's, interesting. Like it's really making a difference. And I, I talked to some some families after who said, you know, oh, um, I have a child with CF, and they've been doing therapy, but this is the kind of therapy I want to get them in now. So yeah. it, it was really cool. It was really well-received. Um, there was an overflow room. We couldn't even all fit into mm-hmm. one room. It was it was cool. And where 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 is this like where is this happening? All over. Um, so it's not new. So acceptance and commitment therapy is not new. It's just that there was uh, a study that used it with cystic fibrosis adult patients. So now we can see um, the benefits of using this kind of therapy with this population. Interesting. Well, I got to tell yeah. you, I wrote a blog the other day about uh, compliance treatments, and I got hammered in the comments. So yeah. maybe we can introduce this um, yeah. to some of those people who are going after me in the comments, and we'll see what they say. Um, <laughs> well, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. We can also introduce it to someone who has a, a stringent, you know, truth of has to be 100%. So uh-huh. it's an interesting yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I was just joking. But, you know, I think, um, yeah, you know, I think those are the kind of things that you pick up that you know, aren't necessarily yeah. available on the live stream. Like the live stream by day three, by today, it felt very limited because I felt mm-hmm. like I was watching a lot about, like, pediatrics, you know? I didn't really yeah. feel like I was watching a ton about adult cystic fibrosis and, and where I am in my life with my with, with mm-hmm. the disease. So, you know, Until I... Until you went to adulting. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. But, like, even the adulting session, like, the, the first part of it was all pediatric-based. Pediatric, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think um, – it was actually – I thought it was probably funny. There was, like, a revolt going on. I know you probably couldn't see the story, but there was a revolt going on in the comments on the live stream. Really? Yeah, so, like, people were, like, complaining about how there was nothing about adults in the adulting session. So it was uh, it was pretty <laughs> – it was really funny to watch the, the virtual revolt that was going on. Um, so, no, let's go to the adulting session. Now, what, what did you guys take away from it? I thought it was a really good session, you know, even, though, even the pediatric pediatric stuff. Um, my favorite thing was the, um, was the woman from Cincinnati, uh, the PhD who was talking about the disease disclosure. That was like mm-hmm. my favorite part of the, the conversation. And yeah. disease disclosure is, uh, is interesting because we're so like all over the place on that. Right. I super open about my CF. Here we are hosting yeah. a podcast about CF, exactly. you know, but not everyone is like that. And mm. I thought it was super interesting to see that, um, 
you know, people's health sort of depends on that skill. And, and it was interesting that they call it a skill. They call it, a, you know, yeah. the, disclosing, mm-hmm. the ability to disclose what your cystic mm-hmm. fibrosis is and be able to effectively talk about it. They, 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 you know, type that as a skill. And I thought that was a very interesting thing. And, and yes, it is a skill. It it's is. a skill that evolves over time. Mm-hmm. And I like that it showed the different, um, I think, was enzymes. like. Oh, yeah, the enzyme was like the, uh, the, yeah, enzyme the ability one, to take the enzyme. They're more likely to take your enzymes and do all that stuff, which is very interesting to me that being able to disclose it and say, oh, this is why I'm taking it, is why it makes you more susceptible to do it. Like, yeah, no. You know, I like, thought you're right. That was a very interesting uh, like correlation. Right. Yeah. I think enzymes are enzymes are in a weird way the most visual part of the invisible illness, right? Because you're right. always taking them; they always have to be on you, right? You're out mm-hmm. to lunch with friends, and you're going to be taking them. It's not like you're, you know, in your bed in the morning doing treatments. You know, at least you're no. doing that in the privacy of your own home. You're out there taking, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of pills every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then, yeah, they, oh, go for it. Yeah. Oh, I was just say about the asthma. Sometimes they'll say that. You, I have asthma instead mm-hmm. of saying I have cystic fibrosis because it's easier to explain, mm-hmm. I guess, because people really, they know what asthma is. They don't really necessarily know cystic fibrosis. And I guess if you take your inhaler, that's more asthmatic than you would, you know, that people can relate to. So I thought that was interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think they went so far to say it was directly related to health outcomes as well. Um, Mm -hmm. They talked about, you know, um, eating, um, whether it's school or in public and being afraid of GI upset happening later. But if you're not eating and getting those calories, you know, that's directly related to lung health. So, um, but then discussing kind of the other side of not just being the disease. It's like the first time you meet someone like, hey, I'm Amy with CF. You know, (laughs) the the nuances, right? Or were you working? Like, hey, what kind of health insurance do you guys offer? Why are you asking? You know, there's kind of these mm-hmm. these delicate nuances. So I agree, Gunnar. The, the skill aspect of it is is a perfect way to say yeah. it. Yeah, I never thought of it as a skill. Yeah, neither had I. I never thought of it yeah, that I way until today. Either. And I think about it, and yeah, it is a skill. You know. Yeah, and I appreciated that they um, gave tips for building those skills in in early childhood. Yes. You know? yes. Encouraging yes. your your young two three year olds to take some ownership to yes. to carry the nebtees over to the table to do even those small things so so that they own it and that they know yes. what it is was a good tip. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was also certainly a like a, a hands-on approach to it. And I, I remember back to when mm-hmm. I was a child, you know, I just became so fluid in, you know, talking about cystic fibrosis because I was at all these fundraisers, you know, with, with, oh, yeah. with Boomer Science Foundation for my entire life. So, mm-hmm. you know, I knew what cystic fibrosis was, the ins and outs of it from a very, very early age. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think that kind of put me, you know, I guess like a little ahead of the curve in that regard. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, not everyone has that. They, they talk about the structure at home and how that relates to, you know, the, the child's ability to do it. Because at the end of the day, if the parents don't know what cystic fibrosis is and if the parents don't understand CF, how is the kid ever going to understand it, right? It's a exactly. responsibility. It's a responsibility for the parents and the caregivers to know what's going on, to know the difference between the treatments and to know when the pills are supposed to be taken because, mm-hmm. you know, no, no six-year-old is going to be able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. The, parents have, the parents have to do that entirely on their own. So, that, yeah. you know, that's, um, that's an interesting situation and, you know, it, it really should serve as a motivator, I think, for, mm-hmm. uh, for parents to really, you know, 
pull that pull, you know, basically pull the whole thing together. Um, and then the, the final point I'll make about disclosing the, the disease disclosure was uh, mm-hmm. the point about accepting the illness. This kind of goes back to the ACT therapy, I think. Mm-hmm. She talked about you know that how the people who are you know best able to disclose their illness at all ages of life, adults and children were the people mm-hmm. who accepted their illness for what it was, right? There are people mm-hmm. who, you know, keep pushing it away, keep pushing it away, and those people may not want to disclose it or talk about it fluidly like people who, you know, understand what they're dealing with or are able to yeah. come to grips with the fact that, yeah, I'm living with a terminal illness. You know, that's a, that's part of it too, I think. Yeah. But unfortunately, sometimes people's parents give them that, you know, like, oh my gosh, don't talk about it. Oh, like, we yeah. don't discuss yeah. it. Uh-huh. I mean, there's all sorts of so iterations. True. So back to your point, it can often start in pediatrics and, yeah, yeah. it's a great thing to be discussed. Definitely. Wonderful session. Um, yeah, from there they went to the the working, and then they they uh, mm-hmm. they also had the the CF spouse project, which no, I, project project CF spouse project CF spouse. Project sorry, CF. sorry, project CF <laughs> spouse. Megan, Megan, by the way, Megan from Project CF spouse was like yeah. the perfect ending to the conference. Yeah, right. She was she was she was awesome up there. She like she didn't even like get any like scientific facts. She just like told her life story. And I thought that yeah. was amazing. It was great. <laughs> it was great. That's what we need sometimes. Yeah, you know, we good. need that personal stories to a little personality share. and on the flip side yeah. on the flip side those personal stories are data yes yeah. they are that is the they qualitative totally. data for yeah sure. absolutely yeah um, of course i'm biased that i extra appreciated that perspective but mm-hmm. you know it really is a testament to that cf patients are 50 over 50 percent are adults now and we yeah. have a lot of stuff a lot of resources for parents who are you know as you're growing up those are the ones who can say oh i noticed his cough is changing but when you're older and you live with a partner that's yeah. That's who, you know, your home care team is. It's, it's, I appreciated that that value is being seen by, by care teams. Yeah, absolutely, and it's and it's also being seen by Cystic Fibrosis Foundation because that all started from an impact grant. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I, you know, that's also that's that's one way that Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is succeeding in this partnership and co-production thing is with the impact grants, right? That they're including patients in the you know patients and really and spouses, um, you know, in, in the process. So you know, let's take a step back from this and let's look at the conference as a whole here. You know, what did you guys think about the conference as a whole? What were your biggest takeaways? What did you like? What did you not like? What did you want more of? What were you disappointed with? You know, this is your time to give feedback yeah. to Cystic Fibrosis Foundation for the conference. And we'll start with yeah. Darcy, since she's there. Yeah. Then we'll go to Amy, and then we'll finish with yeah. Tiff. Sure. Um, I'll say one thing that I wanted that we talked about before I even came to the conference was something more about family planning, if we're talking about adulting. And there were some great adulting topics. We did talk about um, sex, contraception, reproductive things in yes. adulting. But something more specific about family planning is something that I would appreciate it. I know a lot of it adult patients would have appreciated as well um, and new kinds of reproductive technology and how those impact people with CF. Um, I think my favorite thing that I can talk about, which I, I feel bad to say, was the networking, those water cooler conversations, the people I met, the parents I met, the doctors I met, the researchers I met, and that I was able to collaborate with. And I've, I've made relationships that are going to continue outside of NACFC um, for my personal benefit and for the community initiative. So that was really special. Great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, I think I'll start with the positive. I think my favorite session was by far, you know, discussions a little bit about women's health. Um, you know, the, the reality is women's hormones um, and uh, other issues contribute continuously to the gender disparity and survival. 
so addressing that, addressing other issues such as the Darcy mentioned, contraception, mm-hmm. um, sexual health and all that, um, incredibly important. I wish I'm 37. So mm-hmm. I, I wish when I was 18, 17, 16, that these topics were being discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some really super awkward conversations with my physician as an adult <laughs> about stuff like this. Hey, it needs to be talked about, right? But I think it's great when the example is is put on stage and, you know, hey, we're okay to talk about this. This is normal. You know, we're, we're living longer. This is a normal part of life. So um, I thought that was amazing. I'm really grateful for the live stream. Um, but I will continue to pound the pavement um, with my mantra of nothing about us without us. Mm-hmm. Holding a conference about cystic fibrosis without completely including cystic fibrosis patients um, just isn't okay. So we're really excited for the resources provided, um, but we are going to continue to push with full force um, for 2019 for um, everything to be live streamed. It's, yeah. it's not unreasonable to ask. It's 2018. Everyone's got one of these in their pocket. We can live stream from these. Cost is not an issue. Quality is not an issue. So I'm excited. It's going to lead to better outcomes for CF patients to have access to this information. So sure. we should measure that. Yeah. We should start collecting data. The amount of people who watch versus health outcomes. Yeah, that'll be good. <laughs> Apply for an impact grant. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, so, what I I agree. I think everything should be live streamed. Um, just because since I am post transplant, that a lot of these things that are live streamed aren't necessarily what go with me, or they're not like talking about post transplant. Mm-hmm. How is this going to help? post-transplant CF patients. I still have CF. People need to remember that. Don't forget about us because we do have cystic fibrosis still. We have it everywhere else. Maybe not in the lungs, but we have it in the sinuses, digestive system, everywhere else. And I think branching out and talking about post-transplant and how these modulators might work for post-transplant and how things, mental health with post-transplant, all this, all these other things that can go for people with a transplant. So I think that they can maybe go into that and live stream it because we all can't be there. And um, what I really liked, I love this last session, the adulting, I really did. I love hearing about the uh, the women's health and, you know, IVF and then talking about um, Megan, um, that was her name, right? Yep, okay, just uh, didn't want to get it wrong. Um, and how her story of just getting into a Facebook group with a couple CF, um, wife, whatever, spouses, um, and talking about that and just getting on another level because we as CF patients can talk to each other and get that um, reinforcement, but having them talk to each other is so helpful, and I know Darcy probably knows that too. So um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you know, I think you guys make a lot of great points. There, were, there was a lot of really good stuff on the live stream, but the live stream, it felt limited. It, you know, it felt like there wasn't a lot of stuff out there for us to watch and for us to tune into. Um, and it, it was, you know, I felt like we had a fraction of the conference at our fingertips. Um, and, you know, I think just, just seeing the way Darcy uh, was at the conference and, you know, the enthusiasm she had just being yeah. there, 
it, it, it definitely invokes a feeling of uh, missing out, right? You know, you feel yeah. like you miss out on, on all this great stuff. And, you know, yeah, CF is unique uh, because of the cross-infection yeah. thing. But like anything else, it's a hurdle that we can all overcome. And, you know, we got to talk, talk about why um, or, not, or rather how we can overcome this rather than why we can't overcome the barrier that, that is about, yeah. uh, you know, sort Perfect. of the, the existing barrier from, uh, from patients being in there. Um, yeah. My favorite part about it was, you know, I – a little bit of the science guy here, so I, I love the that inflammation and infection are, are really yeah. being prioritized. Um, you know, I think if you look at Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and, and things that you know they're really concerned about, is you just got to follow the money, right? Where are they putting the money for research? And it's going right now is inflammation and uh, anti-infectives, and, and those are things that uh, impact all of us pre or post transplant. We all have yeah. inflammation. We all have infection. We all have some sort of mucus clearance, whether it's in our lungs or our nose. You know, that's mm-hmm. stuff that we all have to deal with. And um <clears throat> it's very hopeful. It's it is just so incredibly hopeful uh for, for people with CF right now because there's there's a lot of great stuff on the horizon. You know, even stuff that may not have been presented at Cystic at National Cystic Fibrosis Conference or what at ACFC. Um I, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of yeah. A lot of letters. Yeah. North American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so, you know, either way, there's there's a lot of stuff out there that, you know, is, is going on in the world of, you know, antimicrobials and also an, yeah. anti-inflammatories. Not just CF specific, but, uh, yeah. you know, we're sort of the, the, the tip of the spear in a lot of this stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. there, there's definitely a reason to be hopeful there. Um, disappointment, the plenary this morning, uh, it was great. Um, but, you know, I think uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation really has got a – they they got to they got to pull their act together on this co-production and partnership stuff, right? They they patients need to be there because let's look yeah. at it this way, right? We're we're going to be healthy, you know. We know the modulators are, are improving lives, and, and hopefully we'll get another set of modulators here uh, in the next year or so, and and those are really going to turn turn cystic fibrosis around for a lot of people, and and we're going to be very healthy uh, c- yeah. compared to how it's been, and we're going to be wanna, we're going to want to be involved, you know. It's going to give us opportunities. People are going to go back to school. People are going to you know work, yeah. you know, more intensive jobs. People are going to do all these things going to have families going to live into geriatric age you know so we're going to want to be involved we don't want the, the group yeah. that's representing us to do it without us we want to really be the the, the center leadership of that um Say it. <laughs> yeah and then um and then finally uh you know the um the mental health thing right that's going to be a priority it, 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 yeah. it, it more has to be done there and it sounds like there are people out there that are really trying to work on this. Um, you know, I think um, I, I think there's a lot that needs to be done uh, in mental health as, as far as, you know, addressing and, and identifying people who need that support. Um, you know, quite frankly, it's probably a lot of us. Um, and there's got to be ways to do it effectively, right? Because cystic fibrosis is very unique. We all have very different needs, patient to patient, but also compared to the rest of the medical community. Like, we have to be very disciplined in, in the way we take care of ourselves um, because there's just a lot of moving parts. And, you know, is is it shocking to think that we need something different than the typical person as far as mental health is concerned? No, it's it's not. It's you know, it's not. It shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I was left feeling from NACFC, and I, I kind of felt this from every single session that I watched, there is more that needs to be done in each discipline, right? The guy, okay. who, the guy today, the guy who was talking today about you know tracking people who were working and work hours and stuff like that, he was appealing mm-hmm. for for funding so he could you know track more extensively rather than just mm-hmm. reading the registry every year. You know we. Uh, Yesterday in the in the in the treatment debate, you know, they were talking about ordering the the the, the nebulizers, right? Yeah. Right. The fact that, that yeah. like there's no you know standard of care out there is crazy, right? They mm-hmm. they, they got to research that. You know, they also got to research you know 
what does running do to people? What does biking do to people? You know, they, they have very minimal research on this. And I felt like they were citing, like, you know, articles or, or journal entries from, like, years and years and years and years ago. Right? Where's, yeah. the, where's the thing from 2016 or 2017 mm-hmm. or, you know, or something coming out this year? Like, those, those are the things that are missing. And this is where you're left out a little bit, though, because there are posters addressing that stuff in the exhibition, and they're just posters for people who were not able to present their abstracts, and you can only access them by walking around the poster sessions. Oh, well, problem solved, I guess. But either way, you know, I think either way, I, I, that's let's put it this way. That's what I. That was my opinion coming away from the live stream. Yeah, that, you know, then then you know the then Cystic Fibrosis Foundation should address that. Right, they should mm-hmm. they should address my feeling there. Um, so that that's kind of my thought on it. I, all in all, though, I think it was a it was a great first step in including patients and a great first step of co production. Like the live stream, let's put it this way: the the way they looked at the live stream sort of uh, like underscored how they're looking at co production right now. Right, like, like, it, was, like it was very like it was very limited in all aspects. Um, so I, I think that's got to get better, and it. Uh, it will get better, right? I can promise you this right now. It will get better because Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is the best at what they do. Um, yeah. And and there's a lot of reason to think that it will get better. Um, and, and they're very receptive to feedback. You just got to make sure they hear it. Um, yeah. So uh, before we finish up here, is there anything else that I'm missing that anyone wants to say? Are there any, are there any topics that we're leaving on the table? Um, you know, we can also go through the comments here a little bit too before we finish yeah. up. But, um, you know, I, I just... I agree with you that it's just going to get better from now on. Giving, getting all our feedback and people that are watching the live stream, they're going to give their feedback. And I hope that everybody tells CF Foundation what they want to see because I think it's really important to give their thoughts and opinions. Yeah, at the end of the day, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation is representing us, right? So, yep. you know, they, they should be listening to us, and, and they do. They do listen to us. Um, so let's go through some of the comments here. Uh, we got one from Erin Moore. Um, she says that digital access to the posters is important. Yes, Erin, yes. it is very important. Thank you for bringing that up, Erin. Um, we always love hearing from you. Um, I hope you had a great time at the conference. I know you got to meet Darcy there. Um, but yes, thank you for, for, for tuning in to the live stream. Um, okay, let's go. Well, we have over here another one from a patient who actually is watching us from the hospital, Ashley. Oh, she says, hi. the loneliness and isolation as a CF adult patient is so hard at times. No one mm-hmm. in my life can relate, so I'm grateful to you guys. Well, Whoa. Ashley, thank you so much for watching. Um, that's why we do it. We're, we do this because we're all in it together. And uh, we're happy to give you something to do in the hospital. Right? Yeah. Believe it or not, this is well, actually something that people can participate in from the hospital. Yeah. They can watch yeah. us do live podcasts. Well, hope um, you get out of there soon. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Ashley was all. Better. Ashley was all over the comments. She even made a comment that said, uh, "Totally unrelated, but mucus mist is the grossest nib ever." Yes, oh, it does it smell and taste bad. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's like sulfur. It is sulfur. Yeah, it's not good. Oh, I, 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 I can't yeah. do it. I, they put me on it like once, and I said, "Nope, it's disgusting." <laughs> this yeah, is the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my yeah. life. I have yeah. to say. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Tiffany. I mean, oh, I, I, don't I've ever, I don't think I've ever heard you complain ever until right That's now. Best. I never do. But uh, no, it's disgusting and don't get it near me. Thanks. And good for you for co producing with your doctor and telling him, heck no, that tastes disgusting. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, I told them. Don't throw it. Quality of life right there. This is the theme. Exactly. The theme. Agreed. Got a, we had an alternative. 
<laughs> All right, so that'll be the end of today's podcast. Remember, you can get a hold of us. How can they do that? At breathe underscore in underscore pod. At asylus.org is our email address. And then at breathe underscore in underscore pod uh, on Instagram. That's where you get us there. Slide in those DMs. Give us things to talk about. Um, we will be back next Thursday. No more live streams for a while. We're going to be back on our regular podcast uh, our regular mm-hmm. podcast schedule here. And um, if you do follow us on iTunes, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe, yeah, rate, and review. Stars. And then make sure you go to the Salty Sisters Etsy store where yeah. you can get the Salty Sisters, Salty Sisters gear. That's what uh, Tiffany has right now. That's where you get our breathe-in shirt. There it is, the breathe-in tank. Amy, maybe we'll get you a breathe-in tank for being yeah. uh, such a good... Uh, so, such Amy a good... has a page, too. Oh, yes, yeah. and Amy also has a page. Amy, where where can people find you? Nowhere. No. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> um, I am... Nothing about um... us without us. Yes, thank yeah. you. I am nothing about us without us for cystic fibrosis patients on Facebook. So come join us. We're a mighty force. <laughs> a mighty force. A super oh mighty God. force. Yes. The mighty force is growing. To me. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and thanks, everyone, for the comments. Um, we will be back on Thursday. Make sure you mm-hmm. hit us up then. Until then, I'm Gunner. That's Amy, Tiffany, and Darcy. Thank you so much for joining us all week long here on Facebook Live. Thanks. Bye.